What is it? How's it going? Mm. How's it going, everybody? Today, we're going to talk about rising genres. Right now, we're in the superhero era, but who knows who's going to be the next big thing hot on the street? It could be anything. Maybe movies about ducks. I don't know. Duck cinema has been underrated, and it might just be on the rise. You don't know. But if you want to know, listen in, grab your snacks, like I just ate just now, grab a drink, and tune in to the first ones to die. You are now listening to the first ones to die. The first ones to die. Hey everyone, welcome to the First Ones to Die podcast. My name is Jonathan. I am here with Mr. Jerome Rhett. Jerome, how you doing? Doing good. You caught me Munching. slipping. I got eating. <laughs> I got tips in my mouth. <laughs> eating your movie snacks. <laughs> it's appropriate because got, you know we're, we're talking about chips. movies. You got your barbecue chips, okay? Barbecue chips. You know, didn't go for the popcorn today. You went for the chips. Mm-hmm. Not that popcorn. I don't carry popcorn in my house. I think that's because working at a movie theater, you never need it. <laughs> like you get tired of eating popcorn any other time than when you're not at the movie theater. It's true. Just the smell of it. We would smell it all the time. Mm-hmm. And then people would come down and say, oh, that popcorn smell. It got me. Yeah, well, it got us too because we, we were sick of it <laughs> by the time we were done with it. Um. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I am um, chilling. Just watched um, *Malignant*. Uh, it's Malignant. interesting. I, I think <laughs> I think the best thing I can uh, first of all, it's a good movie. I, in my opinion, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. Although, fair warning to anybody who is going to go see it, um, I would say I wouldn't say it's like a horror movie. Like, it's definitely got horror elements. Uh, it's more of like a thriller than like a straight up just horror movie um that being said though uh a don't eat when you're watching it (laughs) and b um if you are going to watch it avoid at all costs if you can any spoilers like or any reviews or anything just just avoid it all watch it before like it's on hbo max so if you got hbo max you can watch it right now and it's in theaters as well either way like uh, some of the twists and turns in that movie are really good and uh, the trailers have done a really good job of not telling you at all what the movie is about or even what the monster is in the movie. So, um, you know, go see it without anybody tell, uh, telling you anything about it. And I promise you, you'll have like the best experience watching that movie. Nice. Um, I also watched a movie, well, last weekend, um, I saw Candyman. And I guess since we're not doing like an official review of it, I'll, I'll I'll say my like brief thoughts uh, with no spoilers at all. Yeah, I'll watch it eventually and maybe do a mini review for it, but we'll see. Cool. <laughs> uh, but I I enjoyed it. Um, I know some people were like so so on it. Some people were like, "This is great." Th- those are the main two viewpoints I feel like I've heard about it. Like either like so so or like this is awesome. Uh, but I I enjoyed it for what it was worth. The the social commentary is like riddled throughout it (laughs) and i'm definitely going to have to if i want to dissect everything properly i'm definitely going to have to watch it again because i think there are definitely things that i i missed um and i also haven't seen the original Candyman, so i feel like i need to go back and watch that because there were references to the first one um but i feel like they did a good job of of explaining basically the first movie and how it relates to this one. Mm. So overall, I thought, I thought it was very enjoyable. I thought it was really good. And I, <laughs> I see, did you, what happened? Did you choke? No, it just, it slipped as I was putting the chip oh. in my mouth. So I caught it with my mouth. <laughs> All right there. All righty then. <laughs> um, so you you might be listening. Um, Alex is uh, not on our episode today, but she will be back. So um, be excited for that. Alex will will be back with us. You just soon. disappointed all the Alex fans. They were just like, "We want Alex." 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She'll be back. She will be back. <laughs> um, so what are we going to be talking about, Jerome, today? I mean, you, you presented this idea, this topic. So uh, let's get into it. What are we going to be doing? Well, this, this topic was inspired kind of by a uh, by a mutual friend of ours, only because I was thinking about this, this conversation we had one time. Uh, 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 Taylor. Who we were we were talking, and he mentioned uh, what movie genre is going to be like the next genre to take over, like after superhero movies finally die out, and the superhero genre is kind of played out, and people aren't really excited for superhero stuff anymore. What's like the next genre? And uh, he believes it's video game movies. We'll see <laughs> if that's to be believed. There hasn't been one really good one yet. I don't think there ever will be, but Taylor, I, w- I wish you were on this episode right now um, because I would respectfully disagree with the <laughs> video game movie theory. But uh, it got me thinking of like, you know, that'd be an interesting discussion. Like, what is the next genre? You know, like I like there's every era has had like their like the genres that have become like the thing that's the most popular right now. It's superheroes. But just before that, it was like kind of like gritty blockbusters and stuff. Uh, mostly stuff. I'm, th- I'm mostly thinking of stuff like, you know, even though The Matrix came out in like 90s, like stuff was still being made that was kind of in that same vein of like it's dark and gritty and, and, and messed up and there's leather and, and, and nickelback <laughs> in the soundtrack. <laughs> That was like, and that was like the weird genre of the summer, for some reason. And then, like, there was once an era where westerns were the thing. So it's like, I'm curious, you know, to have that discussion of like, what do we think the next genre is going to be after superhero movies are over? I think so. In my opinion, when I was first thinking about this, I immediately thought relating to. Candyman and its social commentary, social commentary movies, because it started, it didn't start with, you know, Jordan Peele, but I feel like that was in recent memory, one of the biggest examples of a movie that, you know, you have all this social commentary laid out in a way that, you know, you have this horror film but it's not horror in the way you would expect it. And it has this concept that hasn't really been done before. And this, uh, this plot that's new to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like people are discovering that there are ways to include social commentary in movies. Cause it's not a new thing to include social commentary in movies, but in this way of like horror and thriller, um, in these genres of movies, I feel like that has been a way for people to um, comment on the things that are going on in the world in a new and exciting and fresh way. Because for me personally, I get excited whenever I see that Jordan Peele is making a new movie. I got excited for Candyman. I get excited for I got excited for um, Sorry to Bother You. Like mm-hmm. those types of movies that talk about the the world that we're experiencing today, but not putting it in our face where it's just like a straight up mirror in front of us where it's like, okay, this is what's going on in the world. Um, but it, it, it's kind of a, a different way, a different spin on what we're experiencing right now in the world. I, I would agree with that. But I, I think the thing about the, I don't see those movies being like, I see them becoming popular for sure. If, you know, the more of them we get, I don't see them being the same as uh, the way people go watch the Marvel movies and stuff. Um, only because it's like those movies have an, a certain audience of people who want to see that, who want to like talk about those things. And you have a, a majority of the country and the world, really, who don't want to talk about that stuff. They they don't care. Either they don't care but or Jerome, it doesn't apply Candyman was number one at the box office. That's true. But Shang-Chi wasn't out yet. So 
<laughs> yes, it wasn't it. Didn't or it, was it? I think Shang Chi came out before Candyman. No, I feel like it came or, out, or they came out at the same time. Or I don't know. No, it came out after. It came out after. I remember now. There's Candyman, then Shang Chi, because last week was Shang Chi's debut weekend. That's that's how I remembered. Uh, um, so it's like Shang Chi is already like already came out. They hadn't come out yet. Now the Shang Chi's out. It immediately dethroned Candyman, like in seconds. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like there's always going to be that superhero audience. I don't feel like we're getting to a point where anytime soon the superhero audience they're just going to stop coming to the movie theater and another genre is going to take over it. I feel like they the superhero genre will always dominate at the box office. It's always going to be number one. Well, I think depending depending on if it seems like it has diminishing returns. Um, because like, I, I think eventually like, you know, it'll be no different than the comp the, in the nineties, the comic industry was like booming. Not all of the nineties, mind you, but I think about 93 is when it was like at the height of its popularity. And then literally the next year, the, like, I don't know what happened, but people stopped buying comic books <laughs> and the gravy train stopped. I feel like the superhero movies are the same way. It's like right now, it seems like it's not going to stop because they still have a lot of characters they've never done or things they've never done. Like Shang-Chi is the first Asian-American um, major superhero. Uh, that's a first. So, and that's you know, that'll help it. That'll, that'll keep it fresh. We got the Eternals coming up and that seems like it's going to be like the first like super serious superhero movie where it's not like jokes galore and you know big uh i mean the cg is gonna be there but it doesn't seem like that's like the spectacle is the is the draw the draw from the trailers looks like it's gonna be no you're here for some really impactful story and i'm like all right i guess this will be the first like oscar <laughs> contender superhero movie even though some would argue that was black panther but regardless um wait it was black panther wasn't it nominated for best picture it was, but the thing is, is that I think like I think my issue with Black Panther is that the CG was not good in mo for most of the movie. Oh. All right, and if you're gonna win Best Picture or even be contended for an Oscar, that's a part when that's eighty percent of what makes up your movie. Jerome, you lucky we didn't factor. have this podcast when Black Panther came out because you would be getting dragged. I'm through just the mud saying. I'm just saying. I love Black Panther. That movie is incredible. But it's not perfect, and I think that's the. I think that was the thing. It's like black people were like, "Oh, it's the movie starred a bunch of black people made by black people," so it, it has no flaws. And I'm like, "That's not true. It it's a great movie with an amazing script, a an amazing cast, great themes, and uh, phenomenal music." But <laughs> it doesn't have super solid CG. There are times when the CG is a little rough. Um, and you know, in a superhero movie, CG makes up most of it. So <laughs> I wouldn't say anything if like CG was only 20% of the movie and everything else was practical. I'd be like, ah, that's like a small part of the movie. The rest of it makes up for it. But because CG is a big chunk of, you know, the movie, especially because that ending battle alone doesn't look great. Now, granted, it's because it's their own fault because you don't, take two characters wearing a black costume and have them fight in a dark cave <laughs> it's hard to see but i digress the point is, is and there you just lost your invitation to the black panther 2 premiere they listen, were writing i, they were I, 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 I wasn't invite. getting an invitation anyway they don't know who i am <laughs> they don't know my name Nah, and besides, Black, I still think no. I think Black Panther is still an amazing film, and uh, people should see it. Both people of color and people who aren't of color. <laughs> so aliens, I guess. But the point is, <laughs> is that um, yeah, uh, Eternals looks like that's the that's what they're going for. Because even Black Panther, Black Panther wasn't trying to be the Oscar superhero movie. It it just happened to be nominated. Eternals looks like it's trying to be like the oscar winner like it's its intentions are to be nominated for something for what i don't know but for something <laughs> so it's just well you know i i think there's still a lot they can mine from it for now but eventually that well is gonna run dry and when it does 
I don't well, I see think- the commentary, social commentary movies taking its spot, making the billions of dollars on the on every weekend. I don't see weekend. anything taking its spot, honestly. But with the with the Marvel movies, like how they had Black Panther, like how they had uh, Shang Chi, um, I think it kind of, even though having like an all black cast and all Asian cast, all Latinx cast, all um, whatever cast is not necessarily a, a, a genre, a genre. Um, I said genre, I, I do that sometimes. I say genre, genre. Um, it is, a, it's th- that like intersectionality where you have a Marvel movie but in a way that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. You have this type of movie. You have a a movie about a wizard um, who time travels. We've, we've never seen that with an all-black cast. We've never seen, you know, a movie about, I don't know, a fantastical kid who lives in, I was about to say a fantastical kid who lives in the jungle. That's called <laughs> That's <the> jungle book. <laughs> or jungle <laughs> book, I <laughs> that too. Um, but we've, we, some of these stories we've never seen with other people. So I think people are diving into that. And it, again, it's not necessarily a genre, but it's something that we've never seen before. And it's something that has been proven to be profitable because people are going to Shang-Chi. People are going to Black Panther. People are going to whatever, all black cast, all whatever cast. Um, So I think if anything, if in any of these genres, studios and execs and filmmakers have seen that representing people who have not been represented before you know can be profitable as much as like you know we want we want to see that representation they're probably thinking about the dollars so they see that this can be profitable i i would say for me i think i think following up off that i think the genre that will that or that might take over <laughs> um is more like original fantasy films, not necessarily like, you know, knights and wizards, but just fantasy in the general sense of the genre with di- like with minority casts. I think that that's going to be the next rising thing because like you said, like Black Panther and Shang-Chi are proving to be more profitable. And I know there's somebody who will argue, well, yeah, that's because they're Marvel movies too. So if they weren't with Marvel, no one would go see them. But I disagree. <laughs> I think that if you have the right story, if you have the right trailer and the right story, you can get people to watch something original. It just depends on how it looks. Because I think about like John Wick, for example, where that movie is not based off of anything. There's no comic book. I mean, there is now, but when it came out, <laughs> there was no comic book, there was no video game, there was no uh, novel. John Wick is a fairly, like a super original, not even fairly, just in general, it's a super original uh, story starring Keanu Reeves. And that trailer was so good. <laughs> like, it's so solid. I remember when that first trailer came out, not because I remember the announcement, they were like, yeah, John Wick is coming out starring Keanu Reeves. And I was like, Okay, and like, what, what? He's a guy who's a candle maker or something. What does that got to do with? <laughs> with well, why should I be excited Not, to see this movie? Oh my goodness! <laughs> and <laughs> and sure enough, when that first trailer came out, and you see some of the choreo- stunt choreography and the awesome cinematography with like the colors and everything, I was like, "Yo, I'm sold!" Like, I don't know what this is, but I'm gonna go see it. That's that's all I know. And so. I think that if you have it, like I, th- but I think the diverse casting is a spe- uh, is a specific factor because, like you were saying, that is something that'll be fresh and new. 
is that you know we haven't had a lot of sci-fi either sci-fi or fantasy stories in which diverse care or minority uh peoples are the main characters a lot of times we're either supporting cast or we're not even supporting cast which is in the background (laughs) we're just we're just back there and it's like see there's black people in space it's no no big deal right it's like okay but they don't say anything they don't have any speaking lines they have stories too where are their stories right so it's like The, the people in the background they have to be they have to have done something in their lives to earn that spot on the spaceship. Now, so. here's here's, a th- here's my caveat to that, though. My caveat to that is it has to be Uh-oh. genuine. That's the other thing. Because someone will argue, like, I know someone will point to me and be like, well, what about Star Wars? They tried it and it didn't work for them. It's like, yeah, because it was disingenuous. To be quite honest, it felt like they were checking boxes. Like, make sure we have the black people in there. Make sure there's like a female character in there, but she has to be like empowered. She can't just be like just around. Like she has to be like you know like the 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 best of the best. No man. She don't. She's a strong, independent woman who don't need no man. Okay, but is there a story reason why? No, no, no. And that's how it felt. It felt like they were just doing things because you're trying to be diverse, and it felt disingenuous. Is why I think it never sailed well with Star Wars. So I think if you're going to do it, you got to be genuine about it. And if they do that, I think that is the, that'll be like the catalyst for like the next major, major genre going forward. Uh, yeah. Maybe not to dethrone super. I don't think any, anything will dethrone superhero movies. But I, I'm just thinking of like what can make just as much money if not more. Go toe to toe. Yeah. Like compete with it. Yeah, because, well, Jurassic World is not a superhero movie, but that was at one point the highest grossing movie ever. Right. So it's 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 interesting what gets bumped up. And I guess I guess that's a that's another genre in and of itself. Um, you know, we're in the age of nostalgia and people are just wanting to go back to the good old days and <laughs> anything that, you know, we loved as kids or, or, or back in the day. We want to go back to that. Um, so Jurassic World, I feel like a lot of people flock to the theater because, you know, it had been so long since Jurassic Park mm-hmm. and um, they wanted to go back to that. Which is their so, mistake because I remember Jurassic Park 3. So that's why I wasn't excited for Jurassic World at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? You like, that's like asking me to go back to the dumpster to get more trash. Okay. Like, I'm not, we've already seen what Jurassic Park has to offer. Trash. And I haven't been proved wrong since. So, <laughs> well, that's not fair. But that Jurassic Park that's ride, not fair. Universal. That's true. Jurassic World ride is dope. Um, yeah, it was. And, and, and that's sorry, not- side note, but they they actually updated it a few months before we um, oh, went on cool. it. Like two, it used to be a Jurassic Park ride. Oh. They updated it a few months ago. Yeah. Which and you know what too. Like, that's not entirely fair, because Jurassic World 1, I don't think it's awful. I just think it's, like, okay. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's like, amazing, like some people thought it was, just because dinosaurs fight at the end. But I was like, no, this is, like, a nice start. It's, it's the best Jurassic Park sequel we've gotten so far, <laughs> compared to the other two before that. But then Jurassic World 2 happened, and I was like, nope, see, up, oh, there we go. That's, <laughs> I knew I was right. <laughs> So, what are you going to think about Jurassic World 3? I'm not going to see it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll hear about it. Like, unless we review it on this podcast, I am not going to take time out to go see it on my own (laughs) personal time. I'm not. (laughs) Um, No, I, yeah, I, that's my thoughts. Although, to to speak to Taylor's theory of if the video game, because, Here's the thing. The reason he said that when we had that original discussion was because in his mind, he's like, what makes the superhero movies so popular is that they already have a built-in audience. So the pe- the people are already there to watch it. It's just that there's, you know, they hadn't made the movie yet, just like the comic books. And so he and uh, his argument was, you know, once they make the movies, like, people will go see it. My argument is I don't think that's uh, it's going to be the same because with comic books, it's a set story. And especially depending on the comic book, there might be like 
tons upon tons of history to draw from and throw in Easter eggs and all types of fun stuff like that. The video games, there's an interactivity to it that isn't there when you're watching a movie. And so it could sometimes just be boring, especially if they're doing uh, like Tomb Raider, for example. The Tomb Raider movie is just the Tomb Raider game from like 2010 or something like that. So it's like if you played the game, you know the story, <laughs> basically. Like it's, I think they change up a few things, but for the most part, it's virtually the same. I was sad when we worked at IMAX. I was gone when that movie came out in IMAX, and I didn't get to watch it. I was I was kind of sad. I, I kind of wanted to watch it. <laughs> but you know, I mean, that's a, like for example, right now they're working on a Last of Us HBO show, and I bet money it's interesting. It's just the Last of Us video game. In show form. And that's boring I feel because like I that... played the game. I already know the story. <laughs> Although I feel like that could be interesting for people who aren't familiar with the game. Because I feel like that game is like already a, like a, a narrative in and of itself. Whereas, you know, you know, you have Mortal Kombat where it's just fighting. There's no narrative. You have to build a narrative. No, there is a narrative it. in Mortal Kombat. There's a story. In the game? Mm-hmm. That was the problem with the All movie right, is that they didn't that. drop <laughs> many of it. <laughs> that was the issue. Remember? <laughs> Cut to okay, our Mortal I, Kombat review. You can find that on, on Spotify. I think it's episode 20. <laughs> um, but yeah. Can, can we talk about briefly genres that we think are on their way out? <laughs> Because I have one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think, and I didn't think of this until I was thinking about the topic, but I hate to say it. I think musicals are at a low point right now in history, in film <laughs> history. I feel like people are not taking musicals seriously. And granted, you know, throughout well, history. Do you mean just in movie always, form or in general? In movie form, okay, not music, not like Broadway or musical theater or anything mm. like that, because obviously we have Hamilton. Um, yeah, Hamilton's and, revolutionized it and brought it back, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but I feel like movie musicals. I, I don't know what it, it. It's been the last few years where people have just been every single movie musical that's come out. People have just either found a problem with it, have clowned on it, have not taken it seriously. And I'm, this, it hurts my soul because I like I love a good mu movie musical. So it's like with, um, you know, In the Heights had that whole controversy. Um, uh, the new Cinderella that came out, I've been seeing clips on Twitter, people have been clowning on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, um, uh, the movie Prom. Well, okay. You can say I'm about to that. say, you're bringing up a lot of examples that aren't exactly like the best representation <laughs> for like the no, good ones. But, but what other movie musicals have there been late? I guess respect, but I, I'd say that's more of a biography than a movie musical. Well, also um, Rocket Man. Yeah, yeah. Rocket Man. Okay. Rocket Man. Um, um, La La Land is probably the one that a lot of people would immediately think of like modern musical that's recent. But there were also people that had stuff to say about La La Land. That's well. because La La Land, I think the people who have an issue with La La Land are people who don't understand why some choices were made of like why Damien Chazelle picked two people who aren't like incredible singers or like the most elaborate of dancers. And it's just like, it, that wasn't the point of the movie. It was, it's a very unique musical in and of itself because it's not, it is a musical in the literal sense. But when you compare it to like, you know, wh what most people think in their heads of like what a musical should be and the elements it should have, that movie don't fit that mold. Like it just doesn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there was A Star is Born. Okay. A Star is Born is, is an example. Is that of considered a, a musical? It, 100%. Yeah. Well, because it, there's a difference between, for me, there's a difference between like a musical and a movie about a musician. Where well, music's yeah, going to be a part of it because it's about so, a musician, but there's no right, dance there's, numbers. There's no, you know. <laughs> the stars weren't had dance numbers. It had one where she's on Saturday okay, Night Live. There, there, there are, so there's a distinction. And if you look at this up on Wikipedia, there's 
um, movie. I forget what it's called, but there's, you know, movies where all of the singing is done as a, as part of a performance. So like, it makes sense. It could actually happen in real life. All of the singing is actually done on a stage or wherever singing is supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. And then there's the type of music movie musicals where it's like, you're suspending disbelief where people just break out into song wherever, but they're both musicals. And A Star is Born is definitely a musical. I wouldn't consider A Star is Born a musical. I consider it a bio or a drama or a biopic look that's not up, based off anything. Look <laughs> up the tags. Real people. Because <laughs> all of the, because A Star yeah, is Born yeah, has had many, intera- it's had many inter- iterations. And I feel like they're all classified as musicals. Now the um, older ones, I haven't. I can't remember the older ones right now, so I don't know if those. I've seen the Judy Garland. All right, one. it does say um, romance slash musical, so I'll give you that one. It says slash. <laughs> it has a slash in there. <laughs> You're gonna give me half credit. <laughs> um, but um, I, you know what I think it is is about musicals and why people aren't really like, like I mean I don't know. Maybe later this year will be the testament because we have uh. West Side Story. We have West Side Story, and then we also have that other movie, um, Dear Evan something. Oh, Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, Dear Evan Hansen. That's also a musical as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have those two movies coming out, and so we'll see. Which people have is. already made fun of Dear Evan Hansen because, because people are like, Corey, you are too old like... to be. <laughs> no, no, people are saying, Ben Platt, you are too old to be playing a high schooler. <laughs> I mean, I, I that doesn't bother me as much as I'm just like, man, this story looks so corny. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i'll give it a shot i'll give it a chance um yeah but I, i'm just yeah sorry no i was just I'm gonna just, say just... that the the musical thing is i think what it is is that the the genres kind of played out for a lot of people for them it's like when they think like there are a lot of people for example when they think musical they only think disney at this point like as far as like animated musical they because uh there's a whole generation of kids who didn't grow up watching musical movies like the generation before us they did you know watching uh singing in the rain and um hair others like uh hairspray (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know although hairspray the first the 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 original hairspray is not a movie is not a musical oh that's true Um, But it's like, you know, like for me, I think the musicals I watched when I was a kid, as far as movie musicals, was either Disney stuff or Hairspray and Dreamgirls. Those are like the ones that come to mind. And even then it's like, okay, Disney is Disney. So it feels like it's for kids. And then Hairspray and Dreamgirls, Dreamgirls are phenomenal. But Hairspray, Mm -hmm. I'm like, this feels, this is pretty corny. This one big white girl is going to solve all the problems of racism on this one TV show. <laughs> Look, there will be no hairspray slander on this I'm podcast. Just saying, it's it's a corny. It feels corny. It does, and that's, I think that's not. I think, that's no shade to the people who play the characters. I think they all do an amazing job. It's just the story. Like it, it's the story as it is. <laughs> I think that's the appeal for a lot of it. It's like the, the campiness of it is is some of the appeal for like a lot of musical lovers but then like i feel like nowadays people too serious i'm just gonna say people too serious so so they they don't embrace the campiness of it granted i think some of these campy movie musicals cross the line in campiness and i'm like no this is this is too much I, this is corny this is cheesy i hate this but there is a level in every single movie musical i feel like there is a level of corniness well you know what it comes from that we should embrace it's that most movie musical uh excuse me most movie musicals they put a lot of effort and focus and time into the music and the uh, and if there is choreography into the choreography which is good. That's what they should do because that's half of a musical. But at least when it comes to movie musicals, theater is a bit different. But movie musicals, they don't seem to put a lot of thought into the story <laughs> because a lot of times the story is like if if there wasn't the song and dance and it was just the story, if you left that by itself, you would have walked out of that theater after the first like 30 minutes. <laughs> 
because because they're not. Most of them are not good. I know that's or very. I know that's what level. a lot of people. <laughs> I know that's what a lot of people said about the Greatest Showman is that you know yeah the story in that one's not incredible like it's it's or well it's it's non-existent (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's true uh but But, even like i'm even thinking about like because because the music makes up for it okay but then at that point and the musical numbers and the visuals make up for it you see but it's like that's the thing though is that a musical should be both it's i think why hamilton works really well is that the story keeps you engaged because it's like, A, if you're a history, either you're a history buff or even if you're not, the way that the narrative is weaved into the store, into the music, keeps you engaged in both. Like, yes, you love the music. So you're like listening because you're like, man, this, this music's dope. I love the hip hop. But it's also telling the story. So you're listening and you're engaged because you're like, oh, man, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen with Aaron Burr? Yo, what's going to happen with Hamilton? What about the sisters? You know what I mean? Like, you're you're invested because both are weaved together really well. And when it's not, it's like, yeah, the music's cool, but I don't care about anything that happens in between, <laughs> in between the songs. And that was Greatest Showman's problem. I feel like In the Heights had the same problem, not as much as Greatest Showman. Like, yeah, you know, there are some things about In the Heights I liked a lot about the story. But even then, there were still other things where I was like, okay, and? Like, <laughs> like moving on. When's the next song coming up? And so I, I, th- I think if they can jump that hurdle, I think movie musicals will be all right. I mean, West Side Story kind of cheats I, because it's just Romeo and Juliet. It's already Yeah, it's already yeah, and written. And it's already est- been established at – and it's already – it was released as a lot of these movie musicals that come out. Um, they started as maybe like a movie that wasn't a musical. And then mm-hmm. they get turned into a musical on Broadway and then they get turned into a movie musical. So it's different, right. but West Side Story was already a movie musical. Right. <laughs> and then went on Broadway. I, th- I think that's how it went. And then, is getting turned back into a I, movie musical. Yeah, I expect West Side Story to do fine. I'm curious to see how this gear. Especially Hansen. with Steven Spielberg. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, that shot when it's just the shadows coming together in that warehouse that's in the trailer. I don't know if you've seen the trailer. I haven't seen it. I've seen like images from it. I think. Yeah, in the trailer, right. there's that shot where it's all it's the jets and the sharks coming together, and then the the shadows are like cast all the way across, and they meet in the middle. And I was like. Just that shot alone, I bought. I bought the ticket. Like, I don't. I don't need. To, and mind you, all like there's been two trailers now for West Side Story. No music. Like oh, barely any. I think you've only heard like maybe two lines and a little bit of orchestral like swells of. Uh, I think I feel pretty, but past that, you have not heard very much singing from that from any of the trailers. And I'm like, that is a bold move. But I'll take it. <laughs> like, I'm, right. I'm still gonna go see it because the the movie looks beautiful already, and it's mm-hmm. just a trailer. So West Side Story, I think, will be fine. But I think if anything wants to be new, also maybe make movie musicals of mu- of musicals people want to see. Because why is there a movie musical of Cats? Nobody asked for that. <laughs> I'm telling you now, even Cats fans I, didn't ask for that. Like, none of them so, wanted to see a movie version of that musical. That's why, in, in discussing this this topic, I've I've determined that movie musicals are not, like, they're not dying at all because people are clearly, we've had so many examples of just the past few years, so many movie musicals that have come out. Mm-hmm. But I think people aren't necessarily taking them as seriously as they used to. I just want right. that one movie to come out that everybody loves. It's legendary. It's for years to come. Who knows? Maybe the Willy Wonka movie musical origin story with Timmy, Timothy Chalamet that's um, going to be getting released. You know um, what it also later. is? I do that. I think they just think like people don't take it seriously because I think it's clear that the, like the filmmakers take it too seriously, depending on the film. Like, for example, cats. All you had to do is put them in costume. That's it. You didn't have to make them CG cat people. Same thing with Into the Woods. Into the Woods 
takes goes a little too far of trying to be like we're different and cool and it's like you're based off a musical most people <laughs> consider musicals to be corny by themselves just because they're like oh those are the theater kids they're all dramatic and they like musicals you know what i mean that's already the the stigma you're dealing with and you're going to make it worse <laughs> by trying to be like no we're cool though look how cool we are it's like, you're not cool. And that's okay. <laughs> Just make the musical. You don't have to get this elaborate. Yeah. When I first heard the concept of Cats, I was like, okay, what is this? Are they going to be doing only voiceover? How is this going to work? And then I thought they were going to be, you know, in in, in suits and stuff. Um, and that's also how I thought the, the live, live action Lion King was going to be as well. I thought they were going to, you know, do it up like the stage music. I did not think, and that. I thought that <laughs> I, I I thought that, and I thought that would have been at least you know visually interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm waiting for that. Hey, they're releasing, uh, or they're going to be filming, or yeah, they haven't filmed yet. Uh, the Color Purple musical. That is true. Um, yes, I've seen. Yeah, I forget. And I saw some casting news, and it, it excited me. About her, yeah, her is going to be. Her is going to be in it. Uh huh. So that yeah, excites so me. That. You know, that could be cool. Yeah. Be really cool. Um, the thing too, it's just, yeah, I, I don't, especially the cats thing where I was like, this is, I remember when they announced that um, and I was like, this has to be seen to be believed. Uh, funny enough though, when you said voiceover, um, uh, originally Steven Spielberg wanted to do cats too, but his was going to be animated. And then there's going to be voiceover, and they were going to be like you know normal cats, right? And he, I think there's also like you can find online like some like uh, concept sketches of that, and it looks awesome. Oh. I was like, this I would have watched. <laughs> I would have enjoyed watching this. I, whatever they like, what they ended up doing is like, nah, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I I I'm not I no joke. I, I only watched Max, five right? minutes of it and then turned it off. I couldn't make it maybe, through. <laughs> who knows? Maybe that can be next week's episode. It is possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to get but I, one last thing. I feel like I, for the musicals, I, some people might argue that James Corden. <laughs> You know what it is? It's, it's James it's Corden effect too. Factor. He's the one tearing them down. You know, you know, he was in Into the Woods, failure. Cats, failure. Um, this new Cinderella movie, failure. <laughs> James Corden is the is he's the in, cancer in, in these musicals, and they need to remove the tumors. All right, they need to stop casting this man. <laughs> Let him do his karaoke thing on his show. All right, don't bring him back here no more. But yeah, so uh, the next rising genre, though, uh, I also have been thinking about is possibly, and this is is more of just like a Hail Mary, like it could happen, probably not, though, is, uh, oh, I just had it and I lost my train of thought for a second. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Dang it. I just had it. Oh, (laughs) the, um... You know, book movies coming back, like a novel. I don't know mm. what the novel will be, but I think it'll be some novel series that'll come out and be the next Harry Potter. Because, and I know some people want to argue that Twilight was the was the last Harry Potter or Hunger Games, but hear me out. But that was a minute ago. Uh, well, also, I don't. I wouldn't. I would disagree. All right. Last time I checked. There's not a Twilight or a Hunger Games world at any theme park anywhere. (laughs) Okay? Harry Potter is on a whole other level than those movies ever got to. Mostly because they were being held back by the the fact that they were in a subgenre in and of themselves of the YA romance slash dystopian future. But Harry Potter's for everybody. Kids love Harry Potter. Adults love Harry Potter. If you're not into if you're into romance, there's a little bit of that in there. If you're not into romance, there's stuff for you too. Harry Potter is the was the perfect novel series, and like also that reminds me also you know reaction Harry Potter series coming soon of me finally watching these damn movies. But <laughs> regardless, 
when I went to when we went to Universal and I saw all those kids running around with Harry Potter robes and wands and stuff like that, like it puts it into perspective. Yeah, man. So it's like I I do I don't know what the book series gonna be or what it's gonna be, but I can feel it. I can feel it in my bones that soon enough. Like, you know, maybe when the superhero thing starts to die down or maybe even just before that, there's going to be another novel series. It's going to be made into a movie and it's going to take over the world. And people are going to be like, oh, snap, is this the next Harry Potter? Unfortunately, Fantastic Beasts tried to be that, but I think that ship has sailed. (laughs) Um First of all, side note, I felt really bad. I still feel bad for that kid who lost his family. I'm sure he found them. I'm, the, I'm sure, I'm he, sure did. he did. <laughs> I'm sure he found them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think that's going to be anytime like within the next like couple years, but there is always the possibility for something like that to happen because it hasn't happened in so long. Mm-hmm. Like Hunger Games was probably the last of it. And the last movie that came out for that was what, 2016? And I think it was Pan. I think so. I I liked it. I thought it was a fitting into the trilogy. If anything, I think my issue was the, the them splitting the last book into part one and part two didn't make sense. Because literally, mm. like, because at least I think as far as I know from Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows part one and two, I think that's the last book um, or last set of movies. That book is really dense, so they had to split it into two, as far as I know, versus Hunger Games, the last book. While it's it is it, it's not too big, uh, the first part is literally all set up until the last five minutes of it. <laughs> so you're just sitting there like, man, what is some action going to happen? And then it happens the last five minutes. And in your mind, you're just like, I feel like y'all could attack this on to the part two and like trimmed it down by 30 minutes and we wouldn't have missed anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's why the second one got a lot of heat is because the first one didn't like part one felt boring to watch compared to part two. So. Right. I'm I'm hoping that something could pop off and I hope that because I wasn't really I wasn't at, really at all part of the Harry Potter craze or any of these crazes really. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to be a part of a phenomenon. You know what else too? Um I think that would be really cool. Thinking about the book stuff, I also and I also just thought about this because we're getting a live action animated series version of the uh Last Airbender that's coming to Netflix, I think. Um mm. but I just thought about that. That could also be a new thing too. That could that could pop off as like a movie version of an animated show in live action. Granted, mm. most of them are not good. <laughs> Uh, well, the know. the last Airbender movie, yeah. uh, Avatar, the the Avatar movie, which is people point to that when they talk about live action movies from from animated shows. This is true. Uh, last Airbender was not a good example, but I believe it can be done if you pick the right show and the right movie. Well, there was there was um, that. So it was a clip. I don't think it's from a movie. I think it's just from a special for Rick and Morty where they had, um, uh, what's his name from Back to the Future? Um, Christopher Lloyd? Yes. Who uh, Rick is like based off. The character of Rick is allegedly based off of. Mm -hmm. And um, Jaden, I can't remember his last name, but from it i've the seen from these it, thumbnails on it. youtube i just haven't watched any of these any of those videos. yeah they had them they're apparently going to be in some sort of special rick and morty <laughs> like they turn into live action characters i don't know and but people were freaking out about that people were like this is perfect casting i think it all has to do with not only how you translate it to the screen but most importantly how you cast it um because I feel like people nowadays, people look back at 
at the Scooby-Doo movie. And like, I feel like people love, people loved that casting of the Scooby-Doo movie because it was so perfect. Even though these people were adults and they were not teens <laughs> at all. But I, yeah, I, you know what though? Call, well, first of all, I'm calling it now. Johnny Quest. That's going to be the next major movie franchise based off a cartoon. I'm calling it now. So if Johnny Quest gets made and then it becomes super popular, you heard it here first on the first ones to die. All right. Jerome Rett called it. Because <laughs> I can see that being, you know, it, there's limitless potential with Johnny Quest. Nobody's really thinking about Johnny Quest like that. So you can make some changes if you want. You can do it up like Guardians. You can make it like Scooby-Doo. You can do it. The sky's the limit. Um, <laughs> but you know, if not Johnny Quest, uh, there's a lot of cartoons I feel like they can pull from, whether they be old or new, to like make into like a live action movie, and people would be really into it. It just it just depends on because I I only say franchise because that's kind of where we're at now. You know, it used to be all right, we're trying to get one mega movie, then it became now we're trying to get like a trilogy. And now since the Marvel Universe, now it's, oh, we want a franchise. Like we want, and if we can do it, we want a whole universe. Which has been another pickup and headache in the film world where like everybody's trying to make a universe out of everything. I mean, just in the past five years, we've had the Dark Universe, uh, Monsterverse. They've been trying to, they, uh, they were going to make a Robin Hood-verse. Where it was going to be Robin Hood, but then all of his different merry men were going to get their own movie. Or uh, then there was going to be a King Arthur verse they were going to do. And it's just like, y'all need to stop with the universes, okay? Stop it. <laughs> like, if you're going to, technically there's Fast and Furious verse, because Hobbs and Shaw is a separate movie that's like a part of a different adventure. That has nothing to do with the main cast. So it's like, y'all need, y'all need to stop. Okay, if you're gonna do the universe thing, you've gotta have some inspiration. All right, have have the like Marvel and DC can get or away with it because they already it. have the universe. Or that too. That's the other thing too. That when Marvel made Iron Man, there was ideas of doing a universe, but they didn't want to say it because they weren't sure how Iron Man was gonna do. So they waited to they did, they focused on making that movie good first. If it succeeded, all right, universe, let's go. And it's paid dividends since then. And everybody else after them has done the worst thing, where before the first movie's out, they're already being like, hey, universe is coming, though. Like, so if this movie ain't good, don't worry. There's like six of the movies after this. <laughs> that's that's like that whole, the whole Avatar saga, Avatar sequel saga, where people... First of all, they're clowning it. They're like, we don't need all these Avatar sequels <laughs> 10 plus years after the first movie came out. <laughs> Secondly, they announced, and I will still not get over it. I think I mentioned it to you guys a couple times, but they announced that um, Stephen Lang will be the villain for the next four or five, however many movies they're going to make. They're making three. They announced that he's th three, yeah, that for the next three movies that he's going to be the villain. So... That means that we already know the ending of the second and the third movies. Like that the villain's not gonna die. Gonna be fine. <laughs> right. We know he's gonna be fine. We know he's gonna be all right. He's gonna be dead. No, no, no. See what so, it so is. Second movie? one, he comes back and he's just normal. Third movie, he becomes an avatar. And then that's like the drama. And then the fifth one, he gets together. He he uh, turns his other soldiers into avatars. And then it's all avatar on avatar battles. I'm calling it now. That's that's how that's gonna go. <laughs> Here's the thing about the avatar sequels and, too, and is that it's like we were talking about like uh, what makes movies like blow up. I think the pro I think the reason also I'm not excited for any of these Avatar sequels is because I know the reason Avatar One blew up, and it's not because of the story. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> it's be it's because the setting looks cool, and the CG at the time was some of the most phenomenal special uh, you know uh, uh, CGI that we'd ever seen. Like like it, it, those cat people looked real. Realer than the ones in Cats. 
<laughs> can't be <laughs> like they look good the settings looked good like the the plants plant life and the ocean life and everything it looked all incredible there's just a level of production value in their cg was unmatched at the time <laughs> now like 10 years later like and they've been saying they've been experimenting with other stuff like i think they showed a on-set uh picture in like a digital studio where it's like zoe saldana and like somebody else and they're in like water but the water but like they're not in actual water but then like these like motion capture beads they're to mimic mm. water so i guess that'll make the water flow more natural or look more natural when they cg it um i don't know if that's the case because he said that like the second one's going to focus more about the aquatic life of pandora but either way mm. regardless i'm like yeah but at the end of the day the cg is probably going to look just as good if not better than what we've seen in most of the Marvel movies we've gotten in the past decade since you've been making these movies. So if the CG factor is not there, I don't know anybody who's going to really care about Avatar 2 as a story to go see it. Heck, the Avatar video game that they announced this year or last year. Uh, yeah, I think it was last year. No, 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 it was this year. I can't remember. Either way, the one they announced, that's going to come out before the sequels come out. And that's how many years oh, really? too late. So it's like, who cares? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I get it. He's already spent the money. That's why he has to just dedicate himself to making these movies. The money's already, checks have been yeah. written. Like, we can't just not make this movie. <laughs> Contracts have been signed. Right. Ink has been dried on pieces of paper. <laughs> <laughs> that have said Avatar 2, 3, and 4 is being made. Okay, so so that's like not They already got a whole land at Disneyland, right. so like, they got to commit at this at point. At this point, like the hoax is already, people already believe it. <laughs> like So it's just, you just got to commit at this point. It's, right. you know, I, it's, but I, and I get that. It's just one of those things where I'm just like, I'm not excited for these movies. I could care less. Not because they're going to be bad or I think they're going to be bad, just because I feel like we've gotten so many movies at this point that can do what Avatar can do that I do care about. That like it'll be very dependent on what that trailer looks like when it comes out as to whether or not I'll actually like care enough to be like, oh, yeah, I'll go see it. Right. Um, I think the. So the, for me, the last like genre that I could see, not necessarily like definitely not surpassing like blockbuster, huge, huge numbers, but um, one kind of genre that I see that is growing and growing in audience and people have respected it since it popped on the scene. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to call it the... The Ari Aster, or is it is it Ari or Ari? I think it's Ari. Ari Aster, um, his whole stuff, the weird psychological thriller. Um, I think Malignant is also in, even though it's not made by him, it, it kind of fits that vein. in that vein. Well, it's not as like weird, like it's Ari Aster, like his movies. You don't even know what you're supposed to be weird. scared of. Like, like right. before you go into yeah. right, like you don't even know like what's scary about this. But I know something's off, but I don't right. know where the horror is going to come from, and that scares me even more than the, what actually is going to be scary when I watch this movie. <laughs> so, exactly, that's what I love about about um, not only his movies but like different books of that genre that that are like you, like you don't know you don't know what's going on before you watch it or read it but um yeah he he has been he has been um cranking out some good stuff mm -hmm. and i feel like this will only catch on with other directors like like you mentioned uh, malignant um if that was an inspiration or anything but um i don't know if it's inspiration with different directors I but it, it does play on that idea of like having like you really don't know what's going on until like the very end of the movie <laughs> And uh, it plays on that idea of like really weird and like creative visual effects and everything like that to kind of 
Ari Aster doesn't use this, or Ari, yeah, I think Ari. Ari Aster doesn't use a lot of visual effects in his stuff, um, but he does use a lot of like visuals and great cinematography to get his to make mm-hmm. his horror kind of work, and uh, Malignant does too. Yeah, so I think people are. I think people are going to be tapping more into that psychological horror aspects because I feel like that. You know, people are more, I feel like nowadays people are wanting to watch something that makes them think, you know, back in the day, we were like, oh, just give us the blood, the gore, the monsters, all that good stuff. But now people are are wanting still that, but like, give us some weird stuff that we have to, that we're going to be thinking about for the next three days and dissecting every single piece of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I don't know. Uh, it's always like weird with when it comes to uh, horror because horror is a very specific genre. Some people don't like. I know people who they refuse to watch horror movies. They just don't watch them. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's why. That's why I say. And horror will never, not never, but it's never going. Horror will never be like a uh, a universal. Not universal the company, but it will never be a universal genre. I don't see there ever being a horror blockbuster, right? And well, I think there are horror blockbusters, but like, well, not in the way that it's not on the blockbuster level to other movies. I think the last one probably is Jaws, (laughs) is like a movie that like is uber successful and is technically a horror movie. Well, it's like. Right, right. Where it's like it transcends movie history, right? Because um, yeah, and then like maybe the Paranormal Activity series, but even then, uh, that I think the thing is too is that horror movies have changed. Where it's like most horror films are made for pennies compared to like some of your best and biggest blockbusters. So. Mm. For them, a successful weekend, like because for a, a, a box office success for like something like Shang Chi, for example, in a non-COVID world, mind you, would be about like, you know, I want to say what like 125 million or something like that, if not more. Um, versus like for a horror movie, 30 million is a success because the movie was more mm-hmm. than likely made for one. So it's like that's that's kind of also the thing too to think about. Yeah. But yeah, so these are All right. so you know I, what audience, what do you think is going to be the next yeah. rising genre to replace? Well, not even replace, but just like be up there with the superhero films. Do you uh do you have one that you like that you could see like being up there? Do you agree with some of our picks? Let us know in both the comments below on YouTube or just email us at the first ones to die. And we'll read them. And maybe that genre doesn't even exist yet. Maybe that's true. My, there's gonna be a movie theory, that pops on the scene. My first theory isn't like a real thing yet. Like there's no fantasy movies with <laughs> like that aren't superhero films with like minority right. casts yet. So the the so who knows? One we've got is Crazy Rich Asians, and that doesn't technically count because it's based off a book. <laughs> I will say I am curious to see, like you know, how far Shang Chi goes from here. Although I'm a I'm a feel some type of way if Simu Liu also passes away, I'm gonna start saying it's this is Disney. Di- well, Disney's why doing would you this. say that? Because hey. Disney, because at that point it's a conspiracy. All right, Disney's doing this on purpose. <laughs> At that point, something's going on. Like it's it's not. <laughs> this is not just coincidence anymore. I'm going to rebuke that. I'm going to take back that statement for Jerome. <laughs> Sorry, I'm in a mood. All right, Michael K. Williams died. I'm sad. <laughs> yes, rest him. in peace. Rest in peace. I'm just saying, I can't lose no more Bro. good actors. All right, I'm tired. I'm tired of losing actors that I like. In my in my movies and shows. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we're gonna say we're gonna say goodbye. Um, we yes, we hope you enjoyed this episode. You can follow us 
at the first ones to die anywhere. Um, you can follow us, first ones to die on Facebook. Uh, you can email us, first ones to die at gmail.com. And uh, where can they find you at, Jerome? You can find me at not Jerome Rhett on Instagram as well as at Robos Media as well. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had something else. I did not. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Jonathan Keys on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you please. And until next time, we don't know what our next topic is going to be. Actually, no. Say this. We know. We're just not going to tell you guys yet. You've already revealed that so. we don't know. <laughs> you can't renege on that. <laughs> You're like one of those people. That anyway, like, you'll find out I next know time. What, I know uh, the information, but I want just so you to make sure you know, why don't you tell me just so I can double check? <laughs> What's your name again? Oh, my name is Jonathan. Oh, no, 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 no. Your last name. What's your last name? <laughs> what? Why would you ask it that way if you just wanted to know my name? Anyway. <laughs> um, we'll see you all next Bye, time. Bye, everybody. Peace. <laughs>